welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined, as I was last, I guess, time we recorded, by Jacob Rude. Uh, Jacob, you have been, just when you come to the side of darkness and you welcome pessimism <laughs> and you welcome the the nihilism that comes with, with fanhood when you lose all faith in your team, the Lakers jump up seven spots and get the top four pick. Uh, so uh, have you, uh, is, is this your time now to make me eat some crow? Uh, well, I guess this means pessimism always works out in the end. I'm not really, I guess that's a takeaway from this. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I've already started crafting my optimistic takes. The scouting department is like the only good department the Lakers have and magic isn't there to override the pick. I've already, I've already started working on why I'm optimistic about this until, um, that'll all be shot down the next Kurt Rambis related report we get. <laughs> it was funny. I was writing. So right after the, uh, the, the lottery was gotten, you know, got finished up and, and you get some of these initial reports out from various teams about how excited they are for this and that and the other. David Griffin goes out there and says that he's really excited to, you know, see if he can use this as, as a means to convince AD to stick around. Shams Karania, uh, quickly rebuts that by saying that AD's stance on wanting to be traded has not changed. Uh, they, I don't believe they have yet to they have they have spoken yet. I know that right when David Griffin was hired, that was one of the things that he was initially really excited to do. But as of right now, it doesn't look like that has happened. And Somebody was in uh, in the Lonzo Wire mentions today that I guess Griffin said on NBA TV today that he hasn't spoken to AD yet. Yeah, so I, they were they were going to for a while, but I you know I, as you're saying they have not, uh, according to that person. And uh, the the last one here was Palinka jumping out there and saying that you know the Lakers now have a great gift of an asset. There are great players that they could they could they could draft if they so choose, uh, and it's also something that they're going to canvas the league and, and see what the actual value is moving forward. Uh, so it was all it was all pretty basic stuff. I was writing up this article though for, for Silver Screen and Roll about you know updating that entire situation, and it struck me it doesn't really matter right now what Rob Polinka thinks. We don't know if it's actually him making these calls. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. But but lo, you know the the larger point to make here far and away is that the Lakers right now are in such a better place than they were heading into the lottery. Like we said, it went about as well as, as Lakers fans could possibly hope for. And and I guess, you know, given how things have gone recently, you take the small victories when they present themselves. Uh, Christian pointed out, I think it was Christian, uh, that the only thing that has went the Lakers' way this offseason is the one thing that they couldn't screw up themselves. It was just entirely <laughs> out of their control. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, short of, I mean, landing one of the first pick or one of the top three picks, this was about as uh, good of a night as you could have hoped for for the Lakers. Jumping into the top four, uh, we were talking beforehand, this might be the most valuable asset they have in a trade now, and it's certainly a whole heck of a lot more valuable than the 11th pick. Uh, opens up a lot of possibilities, whether it be AD or somebody else on the market to trade for. They have a really, really valuable chip to work with for the next month and a half. Yeah, I, that's that's really all that matters right now. We're going to see 
how you know the the scouting process goes, who they really fall in love with. Uh, you know, you kind of made uh, you alluded to it earlier that that the Lakers scouting department still probably remains. You know, if you were to try to find an aspect that is not LeBron James, uh, a part of this Lakers organization that you still have faith in right now, it's probably still the the draft and scouting department. Uh, even though last draft did not go particularly well, they didn't get anything from Mo Wagner, didn't get anything from Svima Kailuk, though he was included in that Reggie Bullock trade, which they didn't get anything for Reggie Bullock. Uh, <laughs> and, and then they got they they drafted Isaac Bonga, who everybody knew was was going to be a project and and still probably remains a project. So uh, they kind of sort of struck out on the last on the last draft, but they weren't in positions really where you would expect any kind of success or bet on any success. If they do use this pick at the four spot, this is still a spot where you where you would expect some kind of return on on that draft asset should they not include it in a trade yeah these are the i mean with the fourth pick and the guys that they're going to be looking at these are like instant contributors that um the lakers are going to need they're in win now mode which i think is something that's important to remember when looking at some of these prospects and the years past they could afford to be patient with guys with an ingram or something like that whereas now LeBron's window is closing quickly. Um, they're going to be superstar chasing even more. So I think they might uh, lean more towards guys who can contribute right away. But that being said, pretty much anybody they select um, with this fourth pick of the guys available and kind of in that range is going to be able to step in and help right away, which, again, is more than you could have said if they were drafting in, even in the 11th pick. Yeah, it's it's a weird spot. I mean, I'm not. I I don't consider myself uh, somebody who understands the draft. I I don't present myself like that at all. I think it's a great way for those who don't know what they're talking about to look stupid and and really look like you're not. You don't know what you're talking about <laughs> to try to to present yourself as some kind of a draft draft expert when you're not one. But this one, by by all standards, is is really a one-player draft. Like, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a two-put. No, it's it's Zion, and it's everybody else by a pretty wide margin. That next tier is, like, the Ja Morants, and I guess R.J. Barrett kind of fits into that into mm-hmm. that grouping. And then from there, it's, it's the next. Uh, I think Jarrett Culver is a name that I've seen quite a bit come up. Um, and, 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 you know, I just... I'll I'll, put, I'll just ask you the the question straight up. If you had to bet one way or the other, do you think the Lakers use the pick on a player, or do you think they wind up trading the pick in to, to acquire if it isn't Anthony Davis, somebody else, uh, just in case they strike out as as uh, in free agency? I think they use the they draft with the pick. Um, I don't think. We were talking beforehand. I don't think that the Pelicans will trade Anthony Davis. I wouldn't be surprised if David Griffin meets with him in the coming weeks and he kind of backs down a bit from his stance. Um, Regardless, drafting Zion, probably with Drew Holiday and AD, assuming he plays, um, makes them a playoff team. And I guess their hope would be that at the very least, they can trade him at the trade deadline or they can, under kind of new management, convince him to stay around. Um, outside of AD, I'm not really sure who 
they would trade for. There's not really a guy on the market that's worth the fourth pick, really, unless I'm just over overthinking it. I know Mike Conley, someone that'll probably be traded. I don't want that contract, especially not for the fourth pick. Um, yeah, I, I unless there's a name I'm forgetting, I'm not even sure there's really anybody else worth trading for with that pick. Yeah, I, I think back heading into these playoffs, you might have been able to say Dame. Right. Yeah. But he's not getting moved. <laughs> not a chance. He's like he's like retiring in Portland yeah. after these playoffs. He he's not going anywhere. Maybe you could talk yourself into CJ McCollum, but is he worth the number four overall pick? Maybe you could say Bradley Beal, but again, same kind of question: mm. Is he worth the fourth overall pick? I think of between those two guys, I think Beal is to me somebody I would be more uh, comfortable moving number four for him. Yeah, uh, I, I just I, think. I, I, I've been really high on Beal. I think he can be the second superstar on a on a title on team, a and he team. can be the, yeah he can be the guy that the Lakers want. So yeah, I totally forgot about Beal. He's definitely to me worth trading the fourth pick. You'd probably have to include one of Ingram or Lonzo. I would think with that though. I don't know if you would because he's getting paid a lot of money, and their mm-hmm. owner has paid a lot of money towards a a hugely. Uh, disappointing core, right? A disappointing era of of Washington Wizards basketball. And then, you know, the other thing too is they got to try to get whatever they can. So if they can if they can move off of Bradley Beal's deal and not uh, take any money back in, I think they take that just given how bad that John Wall contract's going to be. That 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 might damn near bankrupt them moving forward. And and I don't know if they can afford to pay. What would it be like? Sixty million dollars to their to their backcourt moving forward. Yeah, I'm trying to. I was. I have their cap sheet. Uh, I think. I think Bradley. I think Bradley Beal makes like twenty five, twenty four, twenty five ish million, and then John Wall makes about. I think he's in that forty range, right? He got that. Super John nice Wall, deal. yeah, is, is definitely there, and I Bradley Beal might. I don't know if he's eligible for that. If he gets the uh, All NBA thing too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next season they'll be paying those two fifty five million dollars, and then fifty nine million dollars the next year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a lot of money for a team that's going nowhere. Maybe, I would imagine they would try to attach Jan Mahimi's contract with Bradley Beal. I don't think the Lakers have enough cap room for that. But that's they have. God, their cap sheet is a mess. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if um, if they move him this summer and just as much as they can. Maybe they just try to get a whole bunch of assets and then just get rid of John Wall. I don't know. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move him for nothing, basically. Yeah, that's that's kind of sort of what it comes down to. And, and look, if you just take a step back, right, and you look at the position that the Lakers are actually in right now, they have LeBron. They have this top four pick that just fell out of the sky. They yeah. still have their Banner cap from space. heaven, some might even say. <laughs> yeah. They still have this cap space that, that, you know, if it isn't Kawhi Leonard, who they somehow still feel like they might have a chance at, then maybe it's a Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's a Kemba Walker. Uh, there was that weird rumor that Kyrie Irving might be interested in, in coming to the Lakers. Uh, that would be interesting. And then, you know, they have they still have back in their back pockets 
Josh Hart, who at the very least seems like is going to be a pretty good role player moving forward for for the entirety of his career. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, who is apparently working with, uh, I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name, but a really good shooting coach uh, to to try and said that this season, this offseason, he was going to focus on knocking down his open shots. That would be hugely helpful if Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram both get healthy. Uh, those are two very promising young players. They have all of these things going for them. The problem is there's this cloud hanging looming over the uh, over the organization right now in the form of a front office that, like I, I legitimately don't know what the what the decision making process is for the Lakers. Right? I wrote about it for for Silver Screen and Roll. There was that weird report, or not even a weird report. It was an actual report that uh, Jeannie Buss is now leaning on Linda Rambis more than she has uh, even before the Magic Johnson hiring, right, uh, because of the way that that went down. So that would mean that their their front office is constituted right now of Kurt Rambis, who was a disaster in every stop other than assistant coach under Phil Jackson uh, that he's had over the course of his post-playing career. They have Rob Palenka, who has no experience in, in, in this, and, and the experience that he does have is not all that great to point to. They have Linda Rambis, who has zero experience as an NBA executive. Jeannie Buss, who not only has zero executive as an NBA executive, is like actively pushing herself away from any type of knowledge about the NBA. Uh, and then you have the, the two bus brothers, Jesse and Joey, who seem promising but have been pushed to the peripheries. There's just – oh, and, and, and Phil Jackson uh, made his way oh, back into the fold. God. <laughs> because, because, of course, because why not? Um, and, and look, like usually with, with these – Corporations outside of knowing, you know, some somebody is the CEO, somebody is the COO, the CFO, whatever it is. Like other than knowing their titles, you never really know what exact roles they actually have. But uh, you know, you, you do have a general sense of what the process might be for them to make a decision. I legitimately don't know. So, like, even if like you and I are talking about the the, the smarter ways forward and the moves that could be made here, we don't really know what path forward the Lakers might take because we don't know what the decision-making process even seems like. It's kind of hard to look past that. I, I mean, Polinka wouldn't really answer, it seemed like, any questions that weren't related to the draft lottery or the draft today. The only thing that he kind of revealed, um, he was asked if he had any more responsibilities um, or is preparing any differently with Magic gone, and his quote was, my role hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because if his role hasn't changed, and I guess that means Kurt Rambis's role has changed. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you're saying, the fact that we don't have any sort of clarity on any of this is bizarre, frankly. Like, it's been a month since Magic stepped down, and nobody has any idea of anyone's role in the front office other than that Genie owns a team. Yep. Like, this isn't how successful franchises function no and you know the lakers made their announcement they finally officially hired frank vogel i was Uh, getting a little worried about the fact that they had i'm like are they gonna lose another coach that was wild it was like a full day where you're sitting there like uh guys 
Guys, and and you know the fact that fans actually feel the need to be concerned about that, right? That probably doesn't speak all that well to the direction that the Lakers have gone in since the season ended. Um, but they make the announcement: Frank Vogel is officially the Lakers' head coach. They, uh, I don't believe in the in the uh, release. They didn't mention Jason Kidd really by name, I don't believe. I don't think they did it. I don't believe they did. Uh, so, so you know, maybe there's a chance they, they completely lowball him and say that they're going to pay him $15 an hour. That'd be great. Which, uh, actually, I'd be fine with. <laughs> yeah, he still might be on the high side, but who knows. Um, <laughs> he, still, he still has legal fees to pay. Uh, but they... <laughs> But they uh, so they 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 make that announcement about Frank Vogel and they say that they are going to wait a week uh, before they have their introductory press conference for him, which is a little odd, uh, though they have a lot that they have to get together, get their heads together and work out their answers uh, with the PR team. That's this is I'm not even kidding. This is exactly what they're going to be doing over the course of the next week. They're going to be well, also, to be fair, the. The combine is the end of this week, and Polinka was here this week. But yeah, the waiting a week is still weird. Yeah, given given their abilities to travel, I don't. I it it struck me as odd. And and yeah. you know the the thing with the thing with where the Lakers are currently is that you kind of have to you know we we were joking at the beginning, but you kind of sort of have to take the the more cynical view of things right now. Right until until proven otherwise, with with stuff that they're actually in control of, right? It's not like like Christian said on Twitter, this isn't something that they they went out and and set themselves up for, right? If anything, at the end of the season, they got a few extra wins that they maybe shouldn't have gotten, and and uh, and risked this kind of situation a little bit more than they could have. Though that was still to me one of the funner stretches of the season. Um, Shout out to Alex Caruso for getting us a number four pick. There you go. There you go. Uh, maybe get him some hymns, right, as a, as a result of this. <laughs> like, it should be part of his bonus structure. But So they, so they have all this going on, and uh, it's just I, I want to believe that they aren't going to screw this up. I want to believe that this is, that, you know, that I, I can, I'm allowed to be optimistic for, for a little while here. But it's hard. It's hard to be. You know, it's hard to be. And and even even more interestingly, uh, you know, than than the press conference coming a week from today, Magic Johnson apparently announces that he's going to be on first take four hours before they go uh, and and hold their press conference. What are the chances? I didn't even see that today. Oh my god. <laughs> what are the chances here that like Magic says such inflammatory stuff about the way that the Lakers are being run that the Lakers say so about that press conference we're going to hold off on that for now <laughs> talk to you guys in another week i can only imagine the front office's reaction when they're getting all prepared for this and then they see like the tweet come across that magic's is magic is going to be on like right before their press conference just throwing things and yelling at them and whatnot because yeah i that's that's not going to go good for the lakers i can't imagine and they're not going to have any time to prepare after that. So, yeah, this is – Monday's going to be a mess. At this point, I wouldn't even be surprised if they don't send anybody out there other than Frank Vogel. That would be wild. It wouldn't shock me. <laughs> Nothing can really shock us at this point. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking about – you know, some of the ramifications of, of this lottery decision, 
uh, whether or not we liked this new lottery system. I think that's that's worth talking about as well. So plenty of stuff to get to. Hang tight for a second. We'll be right back. <laughs> for a brief second, they uh, they thought that they were that it was destiny that they'd frozen another envelope and then had it ripped right out of their hands. It's uh, you know, at the very most, you could say, yeah, this is a this is a two player draft, and they're drafting it third. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, yeah, R.J. Barrett is hardly a consolation prize after having Zion and even John Morant's a lot of fun. He's not nearly the talent Zion is, but he's a lot more fun than R.J. Barrett is. So yeah, that. Uh, I don't feel bad for the Knicks organization, but I feel bad for the Knicks fans. The Ringer had like a lottery show that they did with Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, and they had uh, Jason Concepcion come on afterwards and just utter defeat all over his face. Like he he was just not excited during when they're announcing the. Basically, when the Knicks moved up to the fourth, you can hear him screaming in the background, and then he comes on five minutes later, and he's just dejected as you can get yeah it i i don't know how how knicks fans do it frankly <laughs> alcohol <laughs> well, yeah all right in that case yeah i understand what <laughs> <laughs> but uh i want to how did you like the uh the flattening of the odds here because i saw a lot of the a lot a lot of the complaints about how oh the lakers hurt their odds and then now they were still able to move up and and i i walked away from all of this I, I, I get it. People like complaining about the Lakers, especially when things go well for the. I, I understand it. The Lakers are are the Cowboys. They are the Yankees. They are the evil empire. They. I, I I get why people don't like the Lakers. We ruined a lot of childhoods. Um, in and and as a result, people are just not going to be thrilled when when they get good things. But like this was fun. What was the mm-hmm. stat that you gave uh, about the number of teams that moved up in the draft? Yeah, three three teams jumped at least six spots in That's the great. draft. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more importantly than whether we like it or not, this is what the NBA wanted. So yeah. it's going to stay around, I think. But, yeah, I mean, even looking at it from a – I mean, it's hard to separate ourselves, the Lakers jumping seven spots. Obviously, we love the draft right now. Um, but even trying to look at it in an unbiased or, or objective way, I it was – chaos which is way more fun than the norm um seeing everybody like react realizing teams are jumping up like because usually like the 14th through like the eighth or seventh pick is just a formality just oh this team stayed this team stayed and now it was like oh my god i've lost track who's jumping up who's going where and it yeah i am i support chaos so yeah this was a lot more fun and as I or as I said, I mean the Bulls, the Suns, the Hawks—maybe not the Hawks, the Cavs—all kind of openly tanked to close the season, and each one of those teams fell down uh, three spots. So I mean that's what the NBA wanted. They didn't want to reward tanking, and here's what we get. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100. percent And I would have been with you, by the way, had the Lakers openly tanked and dropped. 
Yeah. Now, now, obviously, the 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 skeptic who is listening right now is going to say, "Well, that's a lot easier said now than than if you're actually in that situation," which is fine. That's that's fair, I guess. Uh, but it's still like this tanking is is not something that you're going to get rid of with with. Uh, straightforward means, right? This it, you're going to have to go through a few drafts like this to stop tanking. Now, if you if people want to have the conversation as to whether or not tanking is something that needs to be uh, gotten rid of in and of itself, then you know that's a completely separate conversation. But as things that the, the NBA does want it gone, and they did put implement this rule system, and it did do what what the what we wanted it done uh, to not just not just you know the results of the lottery, but the lottery of itself. I was I was in charge of Silver Screen and Rolls uh, Twitter account tonight, and so ESPN. I'll, I'll just read uh, the, the the few tweets that we fired off. Uh, while this was all going on. First one is uh, from about an hour ago, and it's it's the, the Caddyshack guy, like, well, we're waiting kind of thing because <laughs> ESPN was just going and going and going and going, right? So then we we hit the, uh, the spot where the Lakers were supposed to be drafting at 11, and their uh, logo does not come up, so I, dro- I, I dropped the OMG, st- standard stuff. Uh, they kept moving up. Oh, my God. Kept moving up. Holy crap. Kept moving up. Uh, assortment of letters and, and punctuation marks. Uh, next, you got all this, by the way. It was in caps. Uh, next, what the hell is happening? And then finally, God bless frozen ping pong balls. Right? <laughs> like this is – it's just – it's just – it made the night – uh, the type of entertainment that that we were all hoping it would be, and at the end of the day, that's what the NBA is supposed to be. And and here's a take, and you can let me know if you if you uh, disagree with me on this. But with teams moving so far into the competitive nature of the sport, right? Analytics is is forcing all these teams to basically approach basketball the same way. You got teams resting players and load management being a thing at this point. With these teams, and and you know this is perfectly within their right and they're smart to do this. But with these teams leaning into uh, co- competition the way that they are, it almost forces the league's hand to be more entertaining, to introduce more entertainment to make up for that because uh, eventually, like. You don't want to see a uniform number of teams going up against each other. Uh, you don't want to see uniform styles. You don't want to see guys sit out as regularly as they are. You don't want to see tanking get to the the point of ridiculousness that it was heading towards uh, before the changes to the lottery. And and this is kind of something that the league has forced on itself. And I think it was a, it was a good countermeasure to to stop that a little bit. Yeah, and I mean. People love chaos. I mean, I I know I use that word, but I mean, I can only imagine how much the ratings jumped for ESPN in that 90-second commercial they did when everybody found out that the Lakers and Knicks had jumped into the top four. Get to a TV. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was texting people like, holy crap, is this really going to happen? And I guarantee their ratings shot up in that 90-second span because everybody wanted to see what was going to happen. Um, I mean, in this situation, it had to do with big markets. But, yeah, I don't disagree that um, 
this is the type of stuff that I think they want, that they don't want it to be so uniform where either you're a great analytical team or you are trying to lose as many games as possible. Like this type of system ideally means that you play for 82 games and then the lottery kind of shakes out how it may be. I mean, statistically it still makes sense to, to try to finish towards the bottom of the lottery. But I mean, as we saw tonight, that doesn't guarantee you anything. So it's going to be a a risk reward type of thing for teams moving forward. Do we bench our young guys? And I mean, was it worth it for the Knicks to, or for the Suns? I mean, to, to bench some of their young guys and play terrible lineups only to end up falling three spots and pick sixth. Like those are the types of conversations people are going to have moving forward. I would venture to say that a lot of teams will still say yes, just because of the percentages. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do agree though. I think this is, I mean, I've said it a couple of times. This is exactly what the NBA wanted tonight. And I mean, if you're Adam silver in the league office, you couldn't be happier with how things shook out tonight. Yeah, I I completely agree. And hell, I'm I couldn't be happier with with the way things shook out tonight. Not just because the Lakers are are obviously in a much better spot, but but again, it's just that was fun. We root for these things for fun, you know. Yeah. I I the, I think lately given the nature of the content that that we as as a website Silver Screen Roll has been producing and then if you follow me on on Twitter or follow us on Twitter, if you listen to Locked on Lakers, whatever it is, Lately, it's been kind of a drag. This is fun. This mm-hmm. was this was a, my wife Jen. It, you know, she's a Laker fan and stuff, but but she's not. She wouldn't normally watch the lottery, right? She wouldn't. She wouldn't. And it's not like she tuned in because I told her, "Oh yeah, they flatten the odds, and now it means that we're going to get a lot more." <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. But you know, usually while the lottery is going on, she would just kind of be sitting there and, and hanging out on her phone, and that's how it started. And the Lakers started moving up, and she kind of looked up. She said, "Oh, this sounds. This seems like fun." And then by the end of it, by the time we got to the other half of that of that, you know, like you said, ninety second commercial or so, she was like, "Oh my god!" I had to tell her, "Like, let's calm down. You're pregnant. You know, we don't need you shaking the baby." <laughs> you know, nothing like. But it was. But that that's that's a casual fan who now found themselves invested in an NBA lottery that decides nothing but draft odds right now. That's or, or, or draft position. That's it. No, no player movement. No uh, playoff game. Nothing like that. It was literally just thirty minutes of watching teams' logos get put up on 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 TV, and and it was thrilling. And it was it was it was hard to take your eyes off of. It was great. I'm I'm all aboard this. And and by the way, I'm all aboard even further stuff to make this league more fun, right? The the further into competition that these teams get, I think the further the NBA should push the envelope the other way and and, and try to even that out. I'm all aboard on, on all this stuff. It's great. It should probably also be noted that I don't know if it would be the same level of excitement if Zion wasn't on the line, but um, it's still chaos and it's still out of the ordinary so i mean it's still going to be fun in that regard it might have just been more fun tonight because of zion being the kind of grand prize but yeah it was yeah i've said it multiple times it's exactly what everybody wanted so yeah it's going to be yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they kind of keep going in this way to try to keep shaking things up um 
it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I I can't wait. I I can't wait. This this whole the summer was already already going to be insane. You're going to have Kevin Durant considering leaving the Golden State Warriors. You're going to have Kyrie Irving giving a middle finger to all Celtics fans out there. You're going to get which I'm always all aboard with. I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have the Lakers trying to figure out like how to make a simple decision. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you're going to have this draft itself, which you know the draft probably won't. You know, we know who's going to be taken overall, right? The drama isn't going to be produced by that, but we are going to see names like Bradley Beal and Anthony Davis and 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 probably others that are going to be on the the, the trade not block, but the the trade table. They're going to their names are going to come up in negotiations. Like this summer is going to be insane. The, this next month or so is going to be insane. And uh, and 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 this was a nice little reset button. I think, you know, obviously the Lakers had nothing to do with this, but this was a nice reset button for fans who found themselves just kind of, just getting punched in the face and Draymond in the nuts, like over the last month or so. It was it was a, it was a rough month, uh, but but you know you make it through that. The Lakers have their head coach. They have all of the aforementioned assets that we talked about. There's there's reason I wouldn't say the, to be optimistic because the Lakers have to have to earn that optimism. But there's at least reason to tune in, and I think that's all. That would, if I was, if I was working for the Lakers, that's exactly what I would have been hoping to get out of tonight. Is okay. Now fans have have a new reason to tune in, a new reason to have, if not hope, but the the hope for hope, if that makes sense. One other thing to kind of point out about jumping up in the uh, in the lottery. The opposite of having hope. This kind of makes it, I won't say impossible, it makes it more difficult to get a 35% max oh, um, max slot. I was trying to talk to someone to, to get the exact figures. but So right now, if they basically shed all the dead weight possible, they can get to $32.5 million, which is enough for a 30% max Um they would probably have to get rid of Mo Wagner and maybe Bonga, which I don't think either would be particularly big losses. It would, I think, if you got rid of those two, you could get a thirty-five percent max. But I think at this point, the only guy you're doing that for is Durant, and I would be stunned if Durant came to the Lakers. But nonetheless, jumping up made it. It added about, I want to say it was about $3 million more on the cap hold, which is not an insignificant amount. Um, So, yeah, it made that a little trickier. But, yeah, you can still get a 30% max guy um, without really doing anything else. Yeah, that's that's definitely still interesting. Uh, Rob Palenka, if you're listening, that does not mean you have to like renounce Brandon Ingram. You don't have to renounce Lonzo. <laughs> like, let's not freak out here. I know you're supposedly the capology guy, but but to this point, you have shown yourself to be a, a pretty useless capology guy. You don't have to do that. Just just to be absolutely clear, you're still fine. It's still manageable moving forward. But but yeah, that's a great thing to point out, Jacob. Uh, any last things before we want to, before we get out of here? Uh, well, Jerry West just signed back with the Clippers, so in case you needed, I don't think he was ever coming to the no, Lakers, no, no, but no. as another gut punch, uh, just to start to bring us back to reality here soon. Uh, but no, I, I'm excited. It was, a, as you said, a nice kind of reset. I have a little bit of my optimism back, so I'm ready oh, to be punched in the gut again. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I guess the next time you and I talk, I'll, I'll be able to laugh at your optimism all over again. Uh, well, I mean, it's very fragile. Like I said, I'm about one Kurt Rambis or Linda Rambis report away from burning it all down and we'll end up trading the fourth pick for DeMar DeRozan or something. I could, I could, I, I was, I was just, you know, deciding between bringing up all the, the, the inner workings of the stuff, but you know what? It's been a while since we just had a little bit of fun on a podcast. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do that and we will get back to, to, pulling our hair out at the very premise of, <laughs> of, of the Rambi. That'll do it for this episode of the uh, Silver Screen and Roll podcast. This is We're still doing the, the crossover kind of event that we have going on across this entire channel. Keep on tuning in to all of the shows and their various iterations right now. Uh, but for now, have a great rest of your day, and, and uh, we will talk to you again soon.